Welcome everybody to another episode of the Rebirth Podcast and um, today we have a special guest. We told you that we, we are going to bring have a special pod for you and because it is the Rugby Women's World Cup, we thought we would, you know, mix it up and actually have a full-on pod dedicated to it. I mean, we do have Sean, we do have Tala here. Tala's eventually left uh, the UK and I think it's the first podcast Tala we've been on together for a while. Eh? We've not been on a podcast together. We've just been fighting each other on Twitter about Adam Hastings and Finn Russell. But it's been, it's been a while since we've been on the podcast together. No, let's keep that for another podcast, um, Cook. Let's focus things on positive um, Rugby World Cup um, news and events rather than our Scottish fly-off battle. <laughs> yeah, we'll save, we'll save it for a good day. But um, we are pleased to have Leila Harrison joining us, current Blue Bulls women's fullback and super sport broadcaster and my friend, lucky enough to work with her. Leila, welcome to Rugby Bits. Cooksy, you should have started it, Leila Harrison, my friend, and then done the rest. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it's, now everyone, then everyone can know me as Leila Cooks's friend. Because Cooks is like the Instagram, most Instagram famous guy I know. So, um, no, I'm very happy to be here, Jens, and thank you for having me. It's so lucky to be on here with you guys. Leila, I had to hype you up first and be like, listen, this is why you are my friend. Like, you let people know uh, that you're like, yeah. Now I'm your friend? Yo, that's controversial, Cooks. Okay, so I'm, I'm, okay, for the record, let the record set. I'm Cooks's friend because I'm a Blue Bulls rugby player and I work with him. And then I'm his friend. Hey, listen, Loftus is only like 30 minutes away from me now. You know, I'm just saying, I mean, it's Bull Sharks this weekend, so I might need a ticket. Are you? Okay, well, talk to me after it. <laughs> But um, no, later. I mean, obviously, thanks for. Well, before before we, we get into the the the, the, the women's campaign, did you guys see the World Cup quarterfinal? The Black Ferns are playing the same time as the All Black Fifteen. I mean, there's yeah. all blacks this weekend. Like, Lena, what's your take on that? Like, do, do you think the all, the the NZRU just made a slip up, or did they not back their ladies to get in the quarterfinal? No, I don't think they didn't back their ladies. I mean, look, the ladies are currently um, World Cup winners, so I think they definitely backed their ladies to get into the quarters. I think it was maybe just bad planning um, on their end. Um, and I'm keeping fingers crossed that the women's game is going to get more attention than the than the 15s game. So um, I think it should. Um, but, yeah, no, look, New Zealand, the, the women, I'm not going to put it out in the universe because it's quarters, anything can happen. But I think we're seeing New Zealand back in that final. <laughs> it's an absolute shitstorm in New Zealand rugby at the moment. I can't believe, I can't believe what they've done. And then um, New Zealand rugby sent out a, a mailer this afternoon or morning, whatever, about um, how it was a, an accident and all that sort of stuff. But the thing is, is the the women's quarterfinal New Zealand, like the Black Ferns kickoff time and day has been confirmed for a long time. Like they knew exactly where, when they were going to play, no matter how they qualified for the quarterfinals. Yeah. And it's basically someone's just really, just absolutely forgotten about the Black Ferns. Like just not even considered them in this situation and then kind of gone, oh shit at the end. So it's, it's a disaster. It really is. And I tell you, and, and Leila, I'm with you. Like I, I'm, I'm hoping that the women, that the Black Ferns will get all the love. And because... Yeah. It's like it's against Japan with the greatest respect, but it's out of the test window and there's it's umming and eyeing and all that. And because the All Blacks have been so-so the last year, I'm hoping that everyone will be focused on uh, on the Black Ferns. But yeah, man, what it's a it's diabolical. I can't believe it to be honest. 
Yeah, I think someone put it best on one of the replies on Twitter. It sounded like in ZR, they, they, they didn't do it deliberately. They just didn't care enough to check, which, yeah, I think yeah. summarizes their, their viewpoint on women's rugby, I think. Yeah, I think you you pretty much put it in a nutshell. It's so terrible because like I think it's it's almost like the women are like used to it. You know, like we're we're almost kind of like, oh yeah, that happened. You know, um, and because it's just something that we've kind of just gotten used to, um, and and it's it's actually quite sad that in one of you know the the, the top teams, it's even still happening with them and their women's side, um, so. Um, does it give you a bit of insight into where women's rugby is still regarded in the world? I don't know. That's that's an open-ended question for you guys. Well, it 100% does. Like, the, just the perception around around the game is challenging. This These last three weeks have been a massive eye-opener um, with regards to to everything about the women's game, whether it's in South Africa or whether, whether it's globally or whether it's just, uh, like, the general opinion of the public like it's there's a massive mountain still to climb the best part about it though is is how much good has come out of it like there's always going to be um you know there's always going to be those people um but like the good that has come out of it is, has been great and i think the most important part now is to sort of somehow try and keep that momentum going you know mm-hmm. i think I, I was actually i was i was very upset about it. But because you know, like, like Sean, you said the last three weeks, the amount of good that's come out from this World Cup and the amount of attention it's gotten in the last three weeks, and it's been so great to watch. And you know, sort of something I sit back, I'm like, man, like I really need to pay more attention to women's rugby because it is, it has been really good to watch. And you know, when you put an All Black test the same time as the, the women's game, plus you're the host nation, like surely you should be doing everything in your power to sort of promote the game for the people because. You know, like now they, they said this measure saying this delayed live version after the women's quarterfinal. But you know, there's, there's a vast majority of people now that's going to want to see where the All-Blacks are going. Because when the All-Blacks have got their own shit going on, so people are, people might now leave the women's, the, 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 the black friends who also have their own great story and looking to, to win it at home. Like, how can you not check on that? Like, how was how it known what one person allowing, like, even like you said, like, like the All-Blacks play on Sunday? Um, against, yeah. against Japan, or they play. Find a way to make. The, surely you'd, you'd make the Black Ferns game the most important thing of that weekend, because you know New Zealand, the, the All Blacks are the most important thing. But why couldn't you just shift them aside for one weekend? It's a World Cup that happens every four years, and I can't remember the last time they've hosted it. But now it's they're on the brink of doing something special. How can you not make them the mother of the focal point? Does that make sense? Yeah, I think I think it it just it is very frustrating. Um, and I, th- I can just imagine like how frustrating it must be for the for the ladies because you know they're putting in all the time and effort and like you said it's their home campaign that they're playing um, and we we saw on that opening game just how much it means to them to be playing at home so it it sucks that they're probably might it's you're gonna have to share airtime with with the All Blacks fifteen um, but again yeah like we said I hope that the women are getting uh, all the attention and everyone kind of just forgets about the All Blacks fifteen that's playing Japan. <laughs> You know, you know what the thing is, is, is uh, and the problem is, is they're making by by just purely by this piece of like ignorance, they're actually making their like two very valuable pieces, like marketing pieces, compete against each other. When mm. in truth, you don't want to be doing that. They could be building each other. Like from a brand point of view, they really like really, really, really have stuffed this up. 
So, yeah. So now let's wait and see. I, I will say something though. What the how the Black Ferns have been, how they have come out this World Cup, um, the stories, but also the focus um, pregame, um, the the postgame chats. Everything has been very like has been incredible. It's been super special. So that's the one thing that I'm super happy about is that we that they can run with that and carry on working with that and just carry on fighting their own fight, living in their own in their own world as is and just and just you know take control from there and forget about the rest of the the noise in the background you know yeah 100% but i'd love to know leila talking about the, I mean, the the world cup as a whole what's been your overall impression of the world cup obviously the pool stage is done now and now we're going to the quarters what have you what are your overall impressions of the world cup Oh man, you know, it's been so special. Um, I think this is, I'm going to say it and, and I'm going to regret that I said it, but like this is the first uh, Women's World Cup that I've been this invested in. But it's also like the first um, Women's World Cup that's gotten this much kind of media attention um, and, and, and marketing, you know, the, the, everything has just been special from the beginning. But I, I does it, I think it's, it's credit to New Zealand and just the type of people that they are, like the, the, money and everything that they're putting into their women's game specifically has just automatically elevated kind of this world cup to a, to a new level. And, uh, people are, are wanting to wake up at ridiculous South African hours and, um, watch the games just because it's, it is quality rugby as well. Every single team from pool stages and, and now going into quarters, like have stepped up their game. Um, you know, if we just look at a team like Fiji, Scotland, even our ladies, um, like, have done absolutely just everything. Dude, like Canada, like who even knew Canada had like an insane 15s team, but they do. So yeah, it's, it's just, it's just been, it's just been special. And I think the fact that the ladies are putting on such a good show for, for the world is, is definitely, it's, it's been awesome. I wanted to ask um, Leila, do you think it's just better hype? Do you think it's just the quality of the games and then everything? Like, what do you think is adding to just, it was an amazing pool stage. And I think a lot of the games, even the games where there was a bit of a blowout, they were either quite close, um, mm -hmm. like after 30, 40 minutes, or there was just high quality rugby with both teams, like trying to throw the ball around. No, I think I think it's definitely the quality of rugby that's um, that's that's attracted all the attention. I, I'm I go to like random restaurants and guys would come and start talking to me and be like, you know, they actually watched um, like the the France England game and they were just so shocked and surprised by um, the quality of rugby that was being played. So I think the quality of rugby is something that's definitely drawing um, people's attention to it, and then hand in hand with with the hype that's that's been built around it but it's cool because they've got like really nice highlight bits to hype it up with just because the rugby's been that incredible so um no quality of rugby has definitely been and nobody can ever say that uh women's women's rugby quality versus men's quality you don't want to watch it because it's 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 exciting if not more no 100 percent. it's always you know i hate that argument when you know some people are like oh it's, it's, it's not the men's game it's like you can't like the comparisons uh, is, is the thief of like of, of all joy. Just enjoy, just enjoy the rugby. I mean, I, I thought the the standard of rugby in this World Cup has been amazing. The games have been like like sure, even the blowouts, even when the teams have have lost by. I mean, when, when, I mean Fiji lost eighty four nineteen to England, but Fiji were phenomenal that day. And you think to yourself like, okay, like it's, you can see the game. Of course, the smaller the smaller countries, the game is still growing. There's a big difference like this England and like like for us, for example, but. 
I've been so enthralled by this World Cup and it's just been so good to watch. I'm really excited for the playoffs, but um, oh man, but we've got to speak about a Springbok women's. I think their story is incredible. Obviously, we know how hard it's been for them. And I mean, they're coming in, I think, ranked 13th, if I'm not mistaken, going into the World Cup. And then you sort of, in the pool of death against France, Fiji and England. I mean, we know the heart we showed against France and, and England. I mean, I thought I thought we played very well against England, despite going down 75. No, I mean, to an incredible English pack. And then obviously the heartbreak against Fiji. But... On a start with you, Sean, before we get to Layla, what what was your overall impressions of our of our of our Springbok women's campaign? I, th- I thought our ladies did us so proud. It just it was so so great to watch them, and, and I think they were one of the stories of the World Cup so far. What are, we, what are your impressions, Shaki? Yeah, by by no means I can't. There's nothing else I can really add to that in terms of the, the in terms of an answer. They, they've definitely been incredible. Um, Stanley Robinheimer has done some phenomenal things, him and his team and this whole buildup. Um, you know, I, most, most of us have watched a South African women's game somewhere along the line in the last, say, five-ish years or so. And we've gone through a dip. There was, we had a women's team and then we kind of phased out for a while and we were making a comeback. And, and the, the view, the, the way the women are playing even even just from a year a year and a half two years ago to now is chalk and cheese it's it's incredible we we it really the thing that we there were blowout games and you look at there's so many people that are looking at the final result and just going oh you know what a waste but against france you know we we took a beating um i'm trying to think now it was for, uh, 45, was a full-time score. They were up ahead 19-0 at halftime. We were competitive. We were so exceptionally competitive against France, who are one of the leaders in, in women's rugby, but also um, Six Nations champs. I can't remember if it was this. It wasn't this year or last year. It was, might have been the year before. They're very competitive. They're ranked number four. We put our hand up. We've got, like, our pack is doing so well. You know, we've the basics are there. We just now need to work on doing on just getting used to what we're doing, our patterns and what's happening. We're, we're inexperienced in, in many aspects, and we, see, we saw that against Fiji, where we were so, we, when we played our rugby, we played so well. And then we got drawn into playing a Fiji-style rugby, and we, and we kind of lost it a little bit, and then got drawn back in and played our game. And you can see that happening on the field, and that's an inexperienced space. And I'm just, I'm so super impressed with, with the way the women's books have, have grown in the last few years. And the, this now for me is a platform. And I think what um, Rassi Rasmus has done moving like with his focus on, on women's rugby and everything. And for person, especially what we're seeing now is how he's talking about the women's game and getting them going and trying to put more effort and emphasis on it. Um, we've got the perfect springboard to, to launch forward. We've got the opportunity to get, a couple more pro um, pro players out of our uh, out of South Africa. Um, I'd, I'm pretty sure we'll see one, two, maybe three signed pro deals in the next um, six to eight months. Um, and yeah, we'll 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 take it we'll take it from there. But I'm been super impressed with them. They've really, really, really impressed me. Also, just struck you on your point, like 
Um, I don't think what, what a lot of people don't know is that the World Cup is in the next two years. So there was obviously last year and then so we it's it's not a four year wait now, it's only a two year wait. So um this group isn't gonna change much um in between now and and in, in, in two years from now. So um I think we're we're kind of on this perfect like just in between moving out of what we used to know and moving into um, what we want to be, which could immediately elevate us um, just from the level that we're playing at at the moment to a, an even more competitive World Cup level. Um, because as you said, you know, the, the ladies were so competitive in, in all of the games, every single one of the games, first 20, you know, almost almost the full first half, they, they were they were very competitive. Um, so it's going to be so nice to have just a group that's been together, that's been gelling together for this whole time now, keep them together and keep them in a, in a competitive space, let them play more test matches, give everyone a run. Um, and then, uh, yeah, when they by the time they get to the World Cup, it's not going to be this big stage anymore. They're just going to be com- um, competing against teams that they've been playing against. Yeah, it's it's such great news to hear that. I tell you the the one thing I know, like we'll probably touch on a few players. I'm hoping we will, but I I just want to say our back three of of number Mabenga and Rus have been I've been super impressed with them. I, we've got such talents in our backline at the moment, let alone our forwards, which we we have been focused on because we've been doing so well with our pack. But um, with our midfield and our back three. We, uh, especially Mabenga, Mabenga has impressed me on the right wing. I, I, I really think she's a talent. Like, I think she, she's she got the goods. She's she's super fast. I think both our wingers make good reads on defense uh, when they need to when they need to come up. But they're flipping powerful and quick with, with ball in hand. So um, I can't wait for it. If they're going to spend time together, if this squad is going to spend time together for the next two to four years, we um, we are going to shake the tree a little bit. I'm, I'm, I'm. I'm almost dead sure about it. We'll we'll most certainly climb higher than our world ranking of 13, which, if I'm not mistaken, 13 is the highest we've ever been ranked uh, before. Um, and um, there's no ways why we can't break into the top 10 if if our focus is on women's rugby and we and we keep and we keep going ahead. Sorry, James. I just want to say it's 11th. The ladies walked in 11th. <laughs> oh. I'm, I have the wrong information here. I actually checked it and it said 13. I must have had. That's so terrible. When did yeah, they, they move dropped, up? So they dropped. They dropped. So so they were. I think they were at 13th. Then they went. They climbed to 11th after the Japan Spain when they they beat them. Yes. They climbed the rankings. 11. And now they've dropped down back to 13. Okay. So, so we went into the World Cup at, as 11, 11, our highest ever ranking. That's that's where I got my my facts wrong. Sorry. Thank you for that. You're welcome. <laughs> That's the story of Leila on you. <laughs> but um, Leila, I mean, obviously you, I mean, you, you're still playing and you, you understand, you know, that the challenges at the moment some of the ladies have gone through to get to the World Cup. Can you just explain to us and the viewers, like, for example, us going up against the France and England, how big actually is that gap? I think it's neutral. We sort of see like, like you know, like some I see on Twitter, some people were sort of seeing like the, the Springboks. Like, I'm going to win the box, beat England to win the World Cup final in France. We're sort of competing in. But like, how come now the, the ladies understand how the structures are? Can you please explain like how how big the, the gap actually is between us and the France and especially in England who hasn't lost a game probably since rugby was invented at this rate, the way they're going. But can you tell us like how big is that gap? 
Yeah, so so just to give you some perspective, um, England's been fully professional for the last four years, um, and even more so, like they train against men club teams just because there aren't female teams that are strong enough to to train against them. Um, versus on our end, where we've got um, people who are studying law, we've got students in the team, you know, we've got people who are working, mothers. Um, so by the time that they get home at five. 435 um we've all got to put on our boots and go train from about 5:30 till 8 in the evening um so yeah uh, our lives aren't rugby um our lives are trying to feed feed ourselves and, and put food on the table for for the people we need to um and then we have to go train in the evening until um yeah 8 8 in the evening and then you probably only get home by nine um so looking at the teams um that that we are playing against you were you were playing against teams who are fully fully professional whose life and and work is rugby um they they do rugby 83 um and unfortunately we're just not in that space yet um there are talks of of getting our women to that space and getting our teams into the space where you know we don't have to worry about a job anymore that will actually get a monthly salary um but but we are unfortunately still in a space where um, us as even at union level and then all the way through to our national team, um, you, you've, you've got a life and you've got things to do before you hit the, the, the training field um, at five. Uh, and then obviously the, the teams that are professional around each other and they, they, they see each other a lot more than our ladies do. Um, so their camps are, are far spread only now with World Cup prep, the camps were kind of closer together, but you know, I think next year they'll have maybe two, three camps next year, um, and and so it's not going to be as full time as they as they needed to. Um, but yeah, uh, it's it's just the the difference is huge, and I don't think people understand that as much um, because the only thing that gets us to a national team is our pure, pure uh, determination. Leila, can you maybe just describe like how? Like if you're, because I was actually talking to a, a family member of mine who was saying that she's playing rugby for like a local club, which I was I was actually quite interested in about. She's like what ten, I think, years old, and how? Yeah, obviously we know with like the the the, the boys they can find rugby in their schools and clubs and all that sort of stuff. I and I just make the assumption that maybe the structures aren't the same for women. So how does a young girl or whatever try to like? How can they find rugby? Um, in South Africa or do they um, go up to a local club? Do they play it in school? How did you um, start playing the game of rugby yourself? Yeah, so um, it's really hard because if a principal says no, he doesn't want women's rugby in the school, there's going to be no women's rugby in the school. Um, and and that's kind of had been a lot of the pushback that we've received in that um, the schools don't want to buy into it. You you have an odd school here and there who who decides they want to give it a go, um, but majority of the schools are are just against it completely. Um, and if the school does bring it in, the parents have twenty governing bodies about it because they don't want their daughters um, playing the game. So um, the the next best thing would be to find a club um in your area close by somewhere um that that offers um rugby as a sport uh, whether it be sevens or 15s um and then like me um <laughs> i only started playing playing rugby at, uh, in university i started playing uh, at the age of ooh, 19 um and 19 i think i just turned 20 i started playing rugby so um 
you know, by the age of 20, I'm almost fully developed and I have to then go and learn new skills. Um, and which is pretty much the story of most of the women. Um, you either code switch from a completely different code um, of sport and then decide that you actually want to play rugby. Or you pretty much start from scratch. You have to learn the skills. You have to learn the basics, um, which then again, we're far behind our male counterparts in that sense is that um, guys are tackling each other from the ages of four because they find it fun. We don't want to tackle each other from the age of four. It's not fun for us. Um, but then, yeah, by the time we hit 18, 19, 20, <laughs> we actually decide we want to we want to play rugby. Um that's that's when we're starting so it's about it's about learning core rugby skills from at a very late age which is why we are so far beyond uh, behind the other the other nations um because they've got academies and clubs for women specifically um from younger ages so yeah that just gives you a little bit of insight into that Leila, we'll, we'll, dive, we'll dive into a bit later but in terms of the, the next goals in terms of what the world cup can bring in terms of growing the game in terms of growing the game, the women's game in South Africa, but just, just go back to the World Cup and, and going back to our side. Um, obviously, you, you got some inside, inside info was happening in the camp. What was the the vibes like inside the camp? I mean, sort of. I mean, from the outside looking in, it looked like uh, I mean, the Springbok women started having the time of their lives. You could sort of see that also they were they could feel that they were on the brink of something special. You could see they were just you know they love being you know almost the life of the party. They had the World Cup. So what? What 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 is it like inside the camp, and what 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 are the murmurs that? What were you hearing from inside the camp when they were still in New Zealand? Yeah, look, um, I think the one way to describe them would have been family. Um, they were all united for for one common goal, and that was um, you know just to prove people wrong and to show up and to sh- to show that they they're there to compete. Um, and I think they they showed the world that it it was it was you know driven by by one common goal so they they definitely were the life of the party um you i think someone said you could hear them coming from a mile away because they were singing in the bus already and then get out the bus and it was just you know they were they was it sounds like they were so happy to be there and it was just like that just that just you know, the, despite the result, despite everything, obviously as athletes, um, we are automatically um, very competitive and you want to win everything. Um, but it was just such a huge occasion to be there and, and nothing broke their spirits uh, per se. You know, you, you get disappointed, but but their spirits were just always high. And um, I think even after the final game, you know, everyone knew it was Zanae's last game. And I think everyone also wanted to play really well and really hard to make it something special for her so every single game there was there was in like team goals and as well as individual goals but the team goals is what kept them united and what what kept them together um and yeah look i think uh who feel sorry for whoever was staying in the same hotel as them because i think they would have definitely known that they were staying with the south africans that's the best no, I love that. I mean, <laughs> oh, I love that. It's amazing to know that at least wherever we are, we still bring a vibe. We still singing, and that's so great to hear. But obviously, I think we was because this one's World Cup. I think the neutral fans and some of us watching, all of us watching this, this for the first time. Probably, I mean, there were some superstars that that came out of that of the tournament. Um, Asezahele is. <laughs> I think she's the best ball carrier in world rugby at the moment, and, 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 I'm, willing, <laughs> and I'm willing to argue with anyone. <laughs> I was saying, I was saying on Twitter that my, my, my ultimate dream is I want Leicester Tigers to sign her. So, so when, when, when you play the Leicester Tigers men's side, you got to deal with Jasper Visa. When you play the women's side, you got to deal with the Cesar Hale. That's how. Yeah. That's how. 
amazing they are. But uh, Tala, I mean, you also, you're also not as a healer. I said to Hela, I mean, the supporters club, please tell us oh, yeah. about her. what did you think of her performance and how, like, whenever she got the ball, like, I, all I wanted to do was for us, whenever we got a scrum, was for her to pick up and run. I didn't care what <laughs> move you had, just, can she just pick up and run every, after every single scrum? Yeah, I, I mean, I, I, it was getting to that point where I was just like, I don't really want us to, and I mean, we have some really good, like, our, like Sean has mentioned, our midfield is great and our back three is awesome as well, but, Every time they got the ball, I was just like, okay, pass it to, pass it to Hele, and then when she's down, you can pass it to someone else. And then until she comes back up again, you can pass it to her again. But I think what's been amazing about her performance is she's, I think, top four um, defenders beaten. She's top four meters made, and she's third for rucks hit. So it's not only just her making big ball carries and, and you know beating defenders like that. It's her hitting rucks and making an impact on the ruck as well. Like, she's such an, a good all-round player like you saw in the in the in the in the Fiji and the England game the turnovers that she was making and the tackles that she was making when we were on the back foot in defense like she's an all court type of number eight and she did not look any way like out of place playing against um that that great English team like you I I shared a screenshot of her stats against Marley Packer and Marley Packer is obviously one of the best players in the world right now and she was matching her like pound for pound, which is, I think, a great result for her. And if if nothing else comes, I mean, there's been great pro- process, um, um, like progress for for our, our our team. But if nothing else comes from this World Cup, but a a Cesar Hela contract in in England in the in the in the in the in the in the Premiership there, then that would be like the best result for us. And I think we also just need to remember, like, Blomi literally came back from a knee injury. She was out for just uh, almost a year um, where she ended up, like, managing the Boland lady side because um, of, of an ACL injury. So she, she'd she gone through rehab. And, okay, they say you come back from rehab stronger mentally and physically than you've, you've ever been. But, um, you know, she was definitely not playing like someone who just injured her knee. I think that England game I heard um, – she literally went off, got stitches in her chin, and then she came back. So, um, yeah, it's it's absolutely insane what she can do. And I'm very scared to play against her next year, let the record state. The, um, yeah, I was loving that, how quickly she came back on the park and then went off for stitches. You know, there was a little half patch um, <laughs> fix, and then they had to go off for stitches. But just another thing on, on Cesar Heller is – her rugby IQ is 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 top class. Like I saw quite a few things on the field where it's not it's she's not a flat track bully. She's not just picking and going and running and smashing and smashing people. Like there's so much more to it. There was an incredible steal um, that she made where the ball was out. Just just stuff like that. Like there's so much more to her game. And um, I saw tweets. It was uh, Cash and Sport and Gobile and Lovu sent i can't remember the exact uh, message but it was just around how hele got into rugby where she was went for a run or went for a walk and saw people playing rugby and went to go join join up and that wasn't that long ago so for her to be so comfortable like just the way she runs when she runs when she goes into contact when she's running and has someone trying to tackle her the way like her body shape and what she's doing is really like natural <laughs> and and that's 
And that's crazy to think that she hasn't had that long in rugby and she's she's playing in that manner. So yeah, flip man, what what a tournament, what an eye opener. She's everyone is talking about her. That's the thing that I love the most is everyone is talking about her. Like everyone is talking about South Africa and everyone is talking about her, and that's what we want. That's literally like what we want. We want to want to grow the game and and that's how we do it. It was so cool to see like the likes of like, I mean, Squid Rugby was was raving about on Twitter and and and, and just seeing like how the way that people were receiving. I mean, like I mean, she was a superstar. I mean, she was she was incredible to watch. I mean, obviously she was on her own. I thought what I loved the most, and Tyler, you also touched on this as well. I, I thought our pack in, in general and our scrum was very very good. I mean, we, we were pulling France at the stage. I mean, our scrum was a, was a weapon. I mean, I mean, obviously coming as England, who's arguably the best pack in the world, but I thought. Our scrum, those first two games especially, was was so great to watch and and, and how we dominated and, and, and we were able to just assert our dominance and with our scrum and then obviously I thought our pack was was just as physical. I mean, Lusanna Dumke is probably still turning over ball now as she's sitting at home. Um, but like that's the sort of level our, our pack operated on. And but but for me the the, the plain surprise is, is it was our backs. Uh, I thought I mean Taylor Kinney, uh, Kinsey scrum for me was. I, I thought she had a really good game, especially against England. She kicked well. I mean, Louise Webb came on against England's make a debut. She also played very nicely. I mean, oh, my Benge, oh my God. I think my Benge is, she's an absolute powerhouse on at 14. Leila, what did you make of some, some, of, some of the backs and, and who are some of your standout players from the tournament? Yeah, um, look, we we know that that the our backline was a force to be reckoned with walking into the game. We knew um Nadine Ruiz wanted to get her hands on that ball and and kind of with as much space as possible. But um before I jump to the backs, I just want you guys to know that uh, Babawa Lacha played almost like 70 plus minutes um in every single game for the World oh, Cup. And yes. so as like as a prop. I mean, who madness? It's it's insane to me that uh, Bibi That's was crazy. was playing so much, and so you know she she steered that that pack like like nobody's business. But even and our pack as- was competitive, and and I know we've spoken about it, but the fact that she played so so much and that we were still dominating uh, in the pack is is also incredible. Yeah, no, look, our goals were definitely wanted to show up physically, but yeah, look, the backs. I, I I was incredibly impressed. Ellie came in, um, also just off an injury. Came in, she put in a couple balls behind the English team that I don't even think she thought she was going to kick. Um, so um, I think there was the one where she got it out just before the twenty-two, and she looked equally as shocked as all of us that like that ball rolled there. But um, everyone came up and really put their hand up. Simam Kelly Namba Namba is like shorter than I am, but I I hate to be tackled by her. Like she is one of the most physical wings um, that I think I've seen, especially, and it sounds terrible, but like for her size and in the women's game as well, like she is so strong and so powerful on her feet. Ruiz is, you know, just in a, in a class of her own. Um, there should have been so many of them that should have been been in that dream team, um, you know, leading by by Bibi and 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 Blomi. But the ladies genuinely genuinely just put their hand up. And I think, uh, as we were saying, you know, the World Cup being in two years, if if they if they all just come together and they 
Um, our, our biggest issue was just kind of finishing. I think uh, that was that was just the biggest issue was getting getting balls through hands and then just finishing because we've created so many opportunities, um, and and the forwards gave us such good um, you know momentum and forward ball. And so just to to everyone just to come together and just to be able to finish it because you have such strong finishers like Mabenge. I mean Ayanda Malinga, who unfortunately got injured, didn't even make the World Cup squad, and we know how great of a finisher she is. Um, so yeah, we've got we've got so so much room for growth um and i think it's it's really only just going upwards from here yeah i was gonna say that i think the big difference between like the very good teams in, in the strike world cup and the not so good teams are, is kicking and i think if we can get um eloise and, and libby and um taylor Kin- Kin- kinsey to get you know get better at their kicking i think we'll will rise up the rankings and, and win games um, against like, you know, the likes of Fiji and Wales or Scotland and, and those sorts of teams. Because I think sometimes when we, when we try to relieve pressure off ourselves, that was the, 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 the times when teams took advantage of us. So we weren't able to get like the 30, 40 meter kicks and 40 plus meter kicks that maybe England gets or France gets with their kicking game. So but in saying that, you could see with Libby, like she was just growing throughout the tournament as well. And I really, I thought like in the first game against um, France, she was obviously substituted early, which was probably a, a big knock in her confidence. And seeing her start in the second game and seeing how she really ran, the, like helped uh, manage the team well and, and helped get our attacks going. I think she, she grew really well from that um, experience um, as well. And it was cool to see her because I, I think at some point in that Fiji game, um, <clears throat> Zanae came on for a Pio and Guevu. And then it was Zanae, Yodana 10 and Libya 12. And I think they combined really well there. So yeah, there's there's a lot of talent there. I think it's just about choosing the players that if they can just improve on like ta- on, 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 on their skills, especially kicking and be able to have two, three, maybe four kickers that are able to get 14 meters on their kicks then I think that will serve as well because I think that's the big difference between the the the, the haves and the have-nots in, in, in women's rugby. And then also just on that, like, Libby at 12 is like a dream for me. I know that with Sinead stepping down now, um, Libs will probably stay at 10. Um, but Libs at 12 brings a completely different game to um, Apiwe at 12. You know, if, if the minute they put Libby on 12, the game is automatically sped up. Um, so it, it becomes more running rugby then with her there. Um, and I think just having that option with her that she can move, move to 12, um, is, is so cool for me to see. I mean, here with us at the union, she's, she's just a natural 10. Um, but my coaching brain, like wants her at 12 all the time, just to, just to completely switch things up. So if you're going to move it to 12, you're going to keep Pufa at 13 and then Gwevu Gwevu bench for later, or how 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 would you make up the rest of that uh, those inside backs in the midfield? Sorry, that's, that's my this is my brain ticking over now. Yeah, well, I think for me, it's just completely depends against the team who you're going to play. Um, you know, if it's a more physical team, then um, you know why not beat them with speed at the back? If they if they want to bully up front, you know, put Levi at twelve, and then and then. Um, you know, bully, bully them. Ugh, I mean, play them with speed at the back. Yeah, there's some um, great options in. Yeah, yeah. So, so it's a great option to have because you're able to kind of um, change around things and and the way. But and it, but 
even more so, it keeps the other teams guessing because you never know like what the the other what we're gonna do then are we gonna get a hard running 12 which you get out of up here who can completely run you to the ground or are you gonna get lobby who's either gonna try and take that inside get like the short line is she gonna send it wide um is she gonna come at you just with pure pace and then put her like ball to boot and grab it through for herself and she's gonna keep running because that's just who she is um so it's such such a good like option to have I said, it's funny, we both are going to be with the stream of women's and Pollard at the, the main side. We both have thought about of both of our teams moving to 12. <laughs> and find they both come from Pretoria. What's up, Tyler? I was literally about to say how many similarities between the men's and the women's side there are. Even, I think in most of the teams, there's a lot of like the stereotypes for a lot of like the men's teams that like you find in the women's teams, which have been so awesome. Like, with them with our with our team, it's obviously big strong forwards. We've got a great scrum and, and all that sort of stuff. And we're talking about how we get the inside backs together and like get the right combinations, which has been like a Taylor's oldest time with with South African uh, men's rugby as well. And we also talked about how great finisher the great finishes that we have at wing and 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 our back three as well. It's just so awesome seeing like or just talking about these things in similar ways. It's massive, like. For me, it's it's such a great sign because the men's game is more professional and has been running for a longer time and has got more eyes and all that sort of stuff. But everyone, like all all the the rugby brains, are all um, sort of moved towards that now. Once we get this set up and do what we're doing, and we start sort of filtering things and and ideas around, and we start having like a, a game plan that we we we're rolling over, we we there's continuity throughout everything. We've always spoken about it, like how we want continuity running through our super rugby stroke URC sides. Um, you know, you want to have a top down approach. So we're, you know, like how you can work things. And that's great because we've got so much, so many resources we can tap into if everyone's on a similar, if not the same page, it's flipping awesome. No, that is awesome. And, um, oh man, like it's such a great story, but uh, Leila, before we move on, I mean, just, um, Please send a special shout out to Minzanay Yodon. I mean, obviously our most kept, our most kept Springbok, and she's retired now. I mean, I mean, how was that send off with her, with with our ladies and the England ladies coming together and sort of singing for her? I mean, how special was that? And how and, and, and tell us about how special she's been for Springbok women's side. Oh man, um, Sinead, you know, it's just one of those players that I, you're you're so lucky to either play against or play with, and you know, I've I've had the privilege of doing both. She's such um, a pioneer of the game, um, and she, if if you want to know anything rugby, like you have, you go to her just to to delve into her rugby brain. Um, is insane and she's such an awesome human just off the field as well. Um, so so special to be able. Uh, to come and 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 then start that game um, and and it'd be her last one. I think we all saw and we were. I was definitely very emotional watching her sing the national anthem and and it was you know knowing it's going to be her last time. But she's been so influential in the game of rugby and I hope I hope she doesn't step out of the women's rugby spheres because I think we definitely need her voice. Um, and I think uh, you know someone like that people are going to take seriously. Um, so I hope I hope she generally stays within the women's rugby spheres um, to be that pioneering voice um, because every single one of us want to be uh, you know want to be like her. She she generally is a legend of the game um, in in terms of women's rugby and 
So, so sad to see her go, but I know that she, she wanted to do it on her terms and I'm so glad that she was able to do it on her terms. Um, and yeah, incredible, incredible player to learn from. Um, and it was so special just when, when yeah, you said both, both teams just came together to sing for her and to, to watch them kind of, um, celebrate her whole rugby, rugby life and rugby journey. So yeah, massive salute to her and, and we're, as as those of us who are still in the system, I'm just very very grateful to her and what what she's done and had to go through uh, to get to where she is now. No, that is that is so so special. But um, I want to chat bigger picture now. I think at the start of this year, I mean, there was the the cricket women's World Cup, and I, I I remember working on a campaign where the big emphasis was sort of. All the tension at the moment. Everyone was talking about the the, the approaches, ladies' side, and then the, but the the big challenge now was what happens post that World Cup. And I think now the the stream of was in that same place where everyone has, has watched them. Everyone has has, has brought into the story. And now the sort of the question is what happens next. You know, I think sometimes I think especially with the wind sports, the the thing that that really irks me. I think is that we. People in general, sort of from the outset, we're very good at being focused when, when it's the World Cup time, and then sort of tend to and say we need, we need to do something, we need to grow the game, we need to speak more about it. And then as soon as the World Cup ends, when the tension dies down, we sort of nothing ever happens, and then things sort of fall away. I mean, I know now, obviously, with FNB coming on board as the main sponsor, it, it is massive. And, and and for me, I think I do want to see. The, the women's game grow because now you sort of you see what what our players can do and you see the room for growth. I mean, like now, it's like you said, we we're eleventh and now we're down to thirteenth, and there's so much room for us to grow. In saying that, I mean, Leila, for you, obviously going forward now, what do you think? Where do you want to see the women's game go in South Africa, and and how can we get to the place where we where we where the game does grow, where we get more girls playing rugby, we get it's not seen as like I don't know. In a bad life, but you want to see girls playing rugby. Where where do we go from here after this after this positive campaign you've had? So I think um, it's it's all going to start with with proper game time. Um, the ladies, we don't want to see a situation where the ladies aren't playing as much um, as as they 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 weren't before or like pre World Cup. You know, I I think they should start almost following the same series um, games in like as close to the men's as possible where there's two series, you know, end of year tour um, and then, you know, do another tour at the beginning of the year like we saw. Um, so I think it's it's all going to be about finding them fixtures and letting them constantly play against teams that are higher ranked than them um, because that in that way we're only gaining experience. Um, and and unfortunately, we then, then we don't walk into a World Cup again without, you know, minimal test experience. Um, if you looked at like the test caps hours versus the other teams, you know, those teams are playing six nations. They're, they're constantly playing against each other. Um, so they, they understand the style of play that also, uh, you guys were speaking about, um, Cesar's rugby IQ, like that also increases our ladies rugby IQ because now come, they come back to the unions and they're, they've gone out there. They're going to, they're so far above the other players that are at the unions. Now that we come back and we play our IPL series. And so, they're automatically the stars of the show because because they've they've got that experience. But then throw them into the big pool with the the, the bigger games, you know. Then we're the small fish in the sea again. Um. So 
it's going to be about getting them to to have the same game time as the men. Um, you we spoke about F and B that came in, so there there is funding for it, and and um, Wimarasi that has now publicly said that he has to now focus on them, so he can't go back on his word. Um, so yeah, it's it's only going to be about getting our girls more game time, getting our girls uh, to be together more often, um, so that they can they can. Uh, just you know you don't want to lose touch with each other um and then yeah ensuring ensuring that we, we we don't only play against you know the rugby africa where we were playing in zimbabwe and namibia you know we're, we'll we'll thrash teams like that but rather play against a side like scotland who's closer ranked to us or um you know go against fiji again or go against even canada wales all those teams the, the teams that have now made it into the quarters you know organize tests against them so then we can constantly just measure ourselves against against those high ranked teams Leila you talk about more games what is in South Africa the domestic competition for the women what is that season like how many teams how many games what's the setup like after that um you know the the step up would be into the into the women's games are uh, is the women's sevens is that a pathway as well is there is it um, equally um, as as quiet in terms of game time, or is there a little bit of of love between the two? So yeah, it was just a, a question around like the club format and how um, how the women are being exposed, um, and then the levels up from that, um, how hard works, etc. Yeah, so um, club wise, you you have club games, but the club game. Um the level at club game is is nowhere near where it needs to be. So um, you kind of just within your unions, you go for for trials, and then from there you you you're in the union side if you make it or not. Um, and then this year we had a one rounder, so it was an IPL season. Six teams played one round against each other, and then it was the team the top two teams went straight into the final. So we don't we don't have a quarters or semis. We go straight into final round. Um, I'm hoping they change that next year because. Um, we were unbeaten for one season and then we lost one game and so we didn't make it to the final. So, um, you know, if, if we if we get to to play semis and all those things, I think that automatically makes things more competitive. So, yeah, so so this year we only had one round. Um, I think it was six, seven weeks that we, that we played against each other. Um, and then from there, the ladies just went straight into Springbok camp and they had to start prepping for the World Cup. So... Um, they were camping for for long periods of time with each other. Um, hopefully, from next year we can kind of uh, see a double rounder, so we get more game time, kind of more more time on the ball. Um, and then even you know some unions might want to start looking at doing international tours and overseas tours. Um, but but those are all things that are still in the works. Where we're not sure if that's going to happen as of yet. Um, and then. Yeah, so that's pretty much it's it's either one or two weeks of competitive game time with a lot of months of training before that that you you're playing and then you go uh into the national squad if you're called up. Then on the sevens front, um I'm hoping that we start looking at a at a place where sevens and fifteens, you know, you you pick you pick your side and that's the side you stay on. Um so that you're not code switching between the two, but you don't even get enough game time um on the sevens front to to even be able to say that you're you're competing there. So yeah, not enough game time, just all in all, both domestically and and then on the international front. So I hope that 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 changes soon. Yeah, I hope so too. Just um, on that, like I don't, I hope it's not too long to wait. I shouldn't say I don't think because we know how that ends up. But I mean, obviously, the the big thing is is Super Rugby Women um, kicked off 
at the beginning of the year for the first time or might have been the second time. So that was that was up and running. Um, the Premier 15s in, in, um, in England has is, is been in the Pro League for a while. And there's obviously and clearly um, stuff happening in the US and Canada, which I'm not too familiar with, but it is happening and it is gaining a little bit of momentum. So hopefully we will see a little bit more growth sooner rather than later and get some some more game time, some more competitions and uh, and and start moving, you know? Leila, yeah, I think just talking about the rugby ecosystem, um, you, you can see the value of the of the women's six nations because all five of the teams looked really competitive. I mean, Italy looks like a bit of a dark horse that could maybe knock over France this week. They beat them in the warm-ups. Wales and Scotland ran Australia re- well, they either, yeah, they ran Australia really close. They were sort of competitive against New Zealand. Um, and of course, we know the strength, about, the strength of England and France. And it would be great. I mean, there's been a lot of talk about the men's side during the Six Nations and aligning ourselves sort in terms of, of time zones with, with like the international rugby tournament. So it would make a lot of sense for the women's side to try and join up with the Six Nations and you know, if possible to have like a, even if we're based from England or Italy or wherever, just have a five week, be there for, for two months and, and be able to, to play in that tournament. Or even if we can't do that, to try and maybe arrange um, a two, three test series with, you know, Scotland or Wales or Ireland or Italy um, before, after the Six Nations as well. That's probably the easiest way for us to get more competitive games because you think with, um, just the costs of, you know, like of traveling and all that sort of stuff, getting to, you know, New Zealand, Australia, like they don't really have their women's, um, their, their, their women's structures all set up well, because I mean, the Wallaroos didn't play a test match until this year um, due to COVID and New Zealand rugby, as we talked about earlier, they, they care for the women's sports, not really at the, at the, at the top of their minds right now. So, I think if if we can find a way to align ourselves with the Women's Six Nations, even either by joining it fully or by just asking one of the teams to do like an invitational, like a, a little three-team tournament or just playing two tests or whatever before and after, that's probably the best way for us to try and get to, you know, like Leila said, like get, let's say, 10 quality test matches every year um, for the team. Yeah, I think, uh, like, why don't we just do kind of like a, a, a women's champ- rugby championship? Um, you know, we, we then we keep it maybe in the Southern Hemisphere. Um, yeah. And then we, we do Australia, New Zealand, uh, South Africa. And then we just find another one. Or, or, or we just keep it as those three, you know. Um, so I think then then already we're um on on such a good space um and and we're, we're it's a step in the right direction if traveling for six nations would would be would be too too you know costly um so i think a a, a women's rugby championship is something that that should maybe be looked at um and then eventually start integrating um maybe uh the you know a, a north south to a derby, or not derbies necessarily, but a north-south kind of championship as well, um, where where it isn't too many teams. Um, but yeah, I think eventually maybe start integrating us into the Six Nations. But if the men are struggling to get in there, I don't know if we're gonna gonna be any better. But um, yeah, I definitely think that there's so many options, and I think it's it's just gonna be about putting the time and effort into wanting to do that. And and I think it's 
that's what it's been like. It's been everybody just maybe not exactly wanting to invest per se, but now that there's been so much focus on the women's game with FNB coming in, it it automatically forces the powers that be, um, it forces their hand to to want to start investing in in the women. Leila, and um, obviously, like you mentioned earlier, that um, England, obviously, have been professional for about four years now. How close do you think, or how far do you think um, we are from seeing the game go professional here in South Africa? I don't want to uh, spoil secrets. I'm not sure if I'm allowed to say. Um, no one, Leila, no one listens to this us. podcast. Go for it's it. Only, it's only <laughs> us. It's a safe environment. Safe environment. <laughs> Um, it's just um, it's just the three of us and uh, and the dirt trackers. Nothing to worry yeah. about. Um, look at the the Bulls Union. We're we're looking at being the first union to professionalize women's rugby. Um, so from next year onwards, women will be contracted to play. Um, that's that's been the talk. Um, so we start our off season next week Monday with a really large um squad, and then from there. Um, I don't know how many of us are getting contracts. I think, I think they said 30, 35 are getting contracts um, for next year. So, you know, if if the one union does it, the other unions are automatically right. forced to um, to do it as well. Um, so, yeah, I think I don't think we're we're so far off. I think um, they, we're 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 edging closer and closer. Um, it's it's I think it's going to be an embarrassment to sorry if the if a union has started professionalizing the women, but our national squad is still seen as amateurs. Um, so I think they will automatically be forced to to start looking at at doing that. I know some of the ladies. Everyone is contracted, but they're not full time rugby players. So um, they they. Yeah, have to start looking at 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 rugby being their 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 jobs now per se, um, and so yeah, I don't think we're too far off. I think pre next World Cup, I think there's going to be a lot of movement in in the women's rugby space that that people are going to be shocked by. Oh, Lela, don't give us even more reasons to love the Bulls, please. Like, oh, we're trying to find Jared's converted to a Blue Bulls fan. I mean, Tala reminds me every day about the O seven. Uh, Swearing final now, the Bulls sort of doing this. I mean, like it's it, 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 you tell something negative about the Bulls. <laughs> That's what we need. Really I'm I'm from Cape Town, so my parents are like, so who are you supporting now? <laughs> and I'm like, um, <laughs> I don't know. It's purely professional question mark. <laughs> I think I'm the just, last to fall out of everyone here. I mean, Cooks, you're gone now, mate. You're 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 a Bulls fan. Bulls promo guy here. Yeah, Jared. Jared left um, what a couple of months ago after after his stay with Piers Spiss and Cornet Kricher. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I'm 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 the last one fighting the fight, mate. Sean, they're gonna get to you. It's I mean, hard not they, to love us. They, they came to me with work, so it's like I need, I need to pay bills and rent. So it's like, well, like I mean, if I need to make content, <laughs> work around the bulls, you can't beat him, join him, man. Like I've got, I've got, I've even got a Bulls jersey. I mean, I've got a, like, it's, 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 I don't, like, I don't know what I'm going to do now. Like, I can't even go home. I can't even, oh, man, it's, it's now, now they make it almost game professional. Like, can't they just, like, ever slip up, like, a scandal? Wanna, you know, like, like, Tyler, come on. Just one scandal, you know, some, like, a racist scandal, racism scandal, just for the balance of or something. Jeez. <laughs> Yeah, so that is going to be so quickly. <laughs> <laughs> no. 
Just a, just a small scandal, Tyler. Nothing big. No, it's great to hear, Leila. I think, yeah, I mean, on a serious note, it really is awesome to hear that there is plans to really take this progress seriously. And like, yeah, like Cook said earlier, I think at the start of your question, like, you know, you must you must take up the momentum that you're given, especially we saw with the Cricket World Cup, how they sort of, they built on the momentum that was that was built from the, from that and like filling up the MCG and all that sort of stuff. So, you know, we can do the same with, with women's rugby locally. And we've seen with, with our with our women's sports teams the last few years, we saw how well the cricket team did um, in the World Cup and them getting to the semis and final oh semifinals. We saw with the women's um football team that they went and won AFCON for the first time. Um and how we got crazy about it. Like look, one thing South Africans like to do is, is support sports and especially try to support a winner as well. So, you know, the sooner we can get to England's level and beat them and p- p- perhaps this is the best way to get, you know, um, the, the South African, the local sponsors to really invest in rugby, just seeing us get beaten by England. No one wants, no one wants to see that. So maybe it's the best marketing thing for, for us that we, that we did maybe have that um, opportunity to play England and to get beaten and now, you know, the people with the money and the ability to hopefully make things happen for us, they can get behind the women's game and give it the investment that it needs. I think in general, like if you aren't on the women's sport train, like you're going to get left behind very quickly. Like I think the, the, <laughs> the women's, the women's sports just in general, you, you know, cricket, soccer, rugby, just all around, um, yeah, if you're not on that train, you're going to get left behind. And I think it's a train you want to jump on now so that you're a part of the growth. Because when we bring home the World Cup, maybe not the next one, but the one after that, like you don't want to you don't want to be like, I could have been involved and I was one of the haters because then you look stupid. So before the World Cup, we need to win the Utrecht Shield. First, we need to beat England. Hopefully, England don't get beaten by anyone else for the rest of the tournaments, and then we can win that for starters. But I'm all for this bringing the World Cup home. Like, I couldn't think of anything better. We can double it up. We can just, we'll win, we'll win it with the men's in 23, and then we'll take it with the women's in the next World Cup. And the sevens is, uh, is something achievable too. So I think we just full house it, you know? Definitely I'm happy with that. that. All on board. <laughs> I'm happy with that. But um, I must say, I mean, Leila, you you hit the nail on the head. If you're not if you're not on board now with the women's sports train, you're gonna miss out. I mean, you can sort of live in the blinders on, but I mean, I think it's it's a great train to be on. I mean, it's like it's, if you love the game of rugby, what's you you want to see it grow? You want to see it become this global sport? And I think I think with women's rugby, it can, it, it could be the next the next barrier to make it into 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 a bigger global game but but before we wrap up um we've got to i've, I've got to ask everyone you know, you're with the playoffs coming you, you've got to give me who's going to win it all so leila were you the guest so we leave you for last so tell her who do you have left in the world cup in a couple of weeks time yeah i, I was i was hoping to hear um a bit of and i'm excited to hear what leila says but we need, I think the world needs an England versus New Zealand final. Yeah, and 100%. it's going to be so epic. Look, I mean, England, France would also be really good, but I've got a sneaking suspicion yeah, Italy. Gonna, yeah, <laughs> I've got a sneaking suspicion Italy will turn them over actually in the quarterfinal. I think, you know, Italy's been playing quite well and they've, they, I think they're, they're getting their, their, their structures going as well. And they, 
have improved a lot from the women's six nations and they gave France a run for their money. Um, uh, Laurie Sauce, the, the scrum off for France, obviously is injured and out with an ACL injury. So, you know, I do think that they'll, they'll probably get knocked out by Italy, unfortunately. Canada's obviously going to be um, tough as well. And I think they're on England's side of the draw. So that will be a good semifinal between those two. But England versus New Zealand will be like, you know, the structure of the Simon Milton game plan versus the organized chaos that Wayne Smith is trying to um, drop with New Zealand. And I think what I've loved about, you know, New Zealand's, the Blackfern's sort of story to come here, like they've, you know, they had a lot of controversy about their old coach and some allegations against them. And they brought in Wayne Smith and Wayne Smith has been saying like this is sort of the greatest challenge that he's taken to, to try and coach this, this team. And I think in one sense, I want England to win the World Cup because they've been the best team for the last few years. They have this 29 match unbeaten streak. They need to win it. And they need to sort of validate that professionalizing rugby puts you ahead of the pack. And, you know, imagine them losing after all the investment that they've done into rugby. It might in some ways put us back. But on the other hand, you know, New Zealand's just playing a crazy brand of rugby in a way and they're just letting Porsche, Whitman and, and Ruby Tui just fly. So I'm torn. I'm really, really, really torn. But we need that final just for yeah, for 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 the purpose of content. But I think I'd probably support England a little bit more than New Zealand if that happened. But you know, I have a very soft spot for the Black Fern. They they play in such a great brand of rugby. Tala, do you know the the best part was that like in the week, um I think I think it was Wayne himself who was like we haven't even played a complete game yet. Like he was like, he mm. wants them to still play a complete game. And Ooh. so I'm like, you guys are playing like this and it's not your complete game. Like I'm confused. Um, but <laughs> the only New Zealand team I support are the Black Ferns, um, both in the Sevens world and, and 15. So I'm I'm all for the Black Ferns, just upsetting the apple cart and just doing back-to-back, especially at home. Shoggy, who's your pick? I... I must say, I think England, Australia is going to be interesting. I don't think it's going to be as one-sided as many people think. I think if Australia can get a little bit of a, a muscle in and, and create a little bit of doubt, um, they might be able to to roll England. However, Tala, I agree with you. I think Italy are going to put up a massive shot against France. Whether the result goes to Italy or not, I'm not sure. But me too, yes, I want a New Zealand-England final. Um, and I don't think England can last beating Australia and Canada or USA, but probably Canada and then New Zealand. And I think New Zealand can go on and, and win all of them. So Black Ferns to win uh, the Rugby World Cup for me, and they'll beat England in the final. Oh, I think um, for me, oh, I'd love the Italian fairy tale to continue um, and just. And then sort of That's so wild. <laughs> just love just I just see them get to a semi-final and then who knows what happens from there. But um yeah, I think as neutral, I think I think for the game as well, to have England to have England and um New Zealand in the final, I think it'll be absolutely epic. And I think uh, yeah, it's hard to look past England who've like I said, England have lost the game since since um, since rugby started. I mean, since William Webb Ellis picked up the rugby ball. So I mean, so I can't. I think that that run might continue. Tyler. Yeah, actually, I just wanted. Um, yeah, before Leila also 
makes her pick and everything. I just want to actually ask you two questions. One, who's your favorite women's rugby player, anyone in the world? Um, or if it is a local person, just also someone internationally. And then, yeah, maybe just talking about your, as I understand it, you're on uncontested on super sport and you're obviously Cox's colleague, like just how you got into that space as well and, and being a broadcaster. Colleague and friend. Don't forget to colleague add friend. Whoops, 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 whoops. Friend, <laughs> friend first and then colleague. I'm the so sorry. I apologize. I really apologize. Uh, <laughs> oh, man, it's it's so hard um, to, to pick one. But if I had to, I think Ruby Tui um, has to be up there. She um, internationally is just... Yo, she's got my heart both on the field and off the field. She's such a such a lovely human being. Um, just in general, I've had the privilege of, you know, speaking two sentences with her, and it was the best two sentences of my life. So, uh, Ruby Tui has to be has to be internationally. Um, locally, I'm gonna pick Romandi Potrider just just because. Um, and then, um, ah man, you know, like. To get into this sports broadcasting was probably just the wildest ride of my life. Um, I, I visited um, Super Sport the one Sunday, and I just, me being me, spoke to um, uh, Ongi, our producer, and and I just had a chat with her. And so she she was like, "Send me a couple of clips of yourself. Let me take a look at it." And I was like, "Cool, I will." Generally, not. Um, taking anything and, and, and thinking anything of it. And I think about two weeks later, she called me and she said, she's got this perfect show that she thinks I'll, I'll be, I'll be, I'll be good for. And it, it, was, it was uncontested now. And uh, just from there, it kind of just grew. So I, I was thrown into the deep end the one day and I had to do the rugby Africa. Um, and I had to go in there as, as a commentator and then yeah, uncontested started the exact same week. So everything happened in like one week and it's, it's been such a wild ride, but, but so blessed and, and it's it's hopefully a roller coaster that's only going up. And obviously, I get to work with cooks, so that's just you know. I mean, come on, who doesn't want to work with cooks? <laughs> that's a it's a great way to finish that, Layla. And and yeah, I must say, your story has been amazing to see you to see obviously your growth in the in the broadcast game. And obviously, I'm lucky enough to work with you on uncontested, and I'm so excited to see how far you go in, in the broadcast game. But uh, Layla, you we can't actually leave without without you giving us your picks. Like yeah, yeah, but you have to stick your neck out. So just just because you get it wrong, just know we will find you on Instagram and we will let you know that you got it wrong. Cooks, don't you know that I'm the oracle, my guy? Like, have you not learnt? <laughs> um, so so here's here's I go. I go France, France, New Zealand semi, and then England, Canada semi with New Zealand, England in the final, and the Blackburns taking it. There it is. You don't have to watch for the next two weeks. I called it. <laughs> That's brilliant. And you know, I'm sorry to jump in, but now that we've all picked this, we've all pretty much gone exactly the same over here. And you know, sport doesn't play that game, eh? <laughs> like, sports, hey, I sports said England. I ideas. said England. Tell us England. Yeah, I'm uh, the only one that recognizes the the supremacy of the Red Roses and how yeah that team is just the best team in the world right now. Yes, they are. Saying, but you know, they, it doesn't mean they're winning a World Cup. I'm mm. just saying, if Layla if Layla calls it, it's happening, guys. Layla, I think was one of the early shows I'm contested. We were on together, and then she was like, "Guys, and the show was ending as well." She's like, "Guys, Ireland's gonna win the series in New Zealand," and we were like, 
there's no way. Layla, <laughs> not, not in New Zealand. A couple of weeks later, Layla has been known as an adult with her prediction skills ever since. <laughs> and I've called it I've called it right every single time, might I add. So um I'm just saying, Tyler, you might want to jump on the Black Ferns bus. <laughs> <laughs> Layla, while we have your expertise here, can you call the the 2023 the men's rugby world cup as well? Yo. <laughs> I can <laughs> bring me on after the end of year tour. <laughs> and then we'll okay. <laughs> no, perfect. <laughs> we, we, we've already I was going to say, we've already like started making agreements about Layla being the new Jared. So, you know, we can probably bring you in every week from now on. Yeah. Oh, happy. <laughs> support her. Not a problem. I mean, that's basically yeah. what we need. It's like like for like. And also, I'm sure I'm sure a lot of viewers and, uh, and our listeners will know. With Layla on you, she can be an oracle for, for Petsiola Zere. So, if you make your pets, <laughs> this is where you got to be. Like, just like Layla can make you very rich. <laughs> This is exactly what we need. Just on that, do you know that (laughs) I put the sales sharks, our sharks, so the sales sharks to win the premiership, our sharks to win the URC, and our sharks to win the Champions Cup. I also put um, England to win the Six Nations and South Africa to win the twenty to win the Rugby World Cup as a little accumulator. Oh, that's a nice one. It's a year of stress, though. It's a long, a long time. It's, it's. I put, I put a few rands into it, so it's not nothing major. Thank goodness, not too much stress. But all I need to do now, judging by the end of this podcast, is I need to get Layla on board. Basically, that's all I need. I choose peace, honestly. (laughs) You just, just got to get you on board. You've, you've just got to support my predictions, and I'm going to have to convince you some in some way, shape, or form. That those are the answers, and then we sort it. Then we're all going on holiday, okay. guys. Okay, cool. <laughs> that but no, no. Sorry, very quick question. Why don't we see you on Twitter? Are you more of an Instagram person? Yeah, I'm more. I'm more active on Instagram. Uh, Instagram is where I update everyone onto everything that's happening in my life. Um, Twitter. I've just never understood Twitter. So <laughs> I was like, that's true. Then, yeah, I just never understood it, and then I just, I just stopped. I think I, I have an account that's just there, but I'm definitely not active on it. No, Instagram is where where you can find me. Um, and then yeah, I, I answer everything, and I, all the oracles happen on Instagram. Okay, quickly, thinking- in, in Instagram. Who, who, who's your favorite person to follow on Insta? Cooks, obviously. <laughs> he's your, he's your friend. That doesn't count. <laughs> Yo, no, Insta- my Instagram is mainly just my mates, but Alona Mayher, the, the women's rugby player from U- USA, the um, seventh, seventh women's player, she is hilarious. And you know what's, what's, what's really nice about her as well is she um, she really delves into like the what we don't see um, as women's rugby players and she delves into like the insecurities that we have to face as women's rugby players and she talks about that and all of those things so she's incredibly inspiring in that sense and she's funny as well so um up there with with those who i love and cooks obviously brilliant what an awesome one thanks we're following her right now we're definitely going right. to get in the follow but Layla, thank you so much for for joining us i mean by the looks of it you're definitely going to have to bring you back and you're always welcome on yeah jared is you'll be fine you, you can so he's got he's got his rugby gifts on twitter so i think 
Eel survive. <laughs> but um, but Leila, thank you for joining us. It was really, it was really, really awesome to have you on. Oh, thank you, Jensen. Thank you, thank you for welcoming into into the space. It was it was really cool. It's the first podcast I've ever done. So clap, clap, clap for those. Um, yeah, no, it was it was so 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 awesome to be here with you guys. So so thank you very much, and I can't wait to be back. Sorry, Jared. <laughs> awesome, but that's it for this week's episode of Rangy Bits. Um, this is a oh, very very awesome episode. It's great to have Leila on, Tyler, Sean. Thanks, guys, and um. Remember, it's a massive weekend for, for betting. I mean, you've got, you got, you got a Women's World Cup. There's URC. Oh, there's, the All Blacks seem to be playing the same time as that. But you, you don't bet on that just because you want to support the, the Black Ferns. And then, um, yeah, there's a ton of rugby happening. And then, obviously, next week, we've got a whole bunch of content coming for you to build up the end of the year tour. And, um, yeah, we've got a lot of coming in. So excited. And uh, we'll see you guys soon. Cheers, guys. Ciao.